Hey everyone, welcome back to View from the Mount, where we talk about real life issues through a biblical lens. I'm Matt. I'm joined as always by Jason. Say howdy, Jason. Howdy, Jason. All right, excellent. So today's episode is called Pursuing Holiness. Uh, So holiness is one of those kind of maybe buzzwords that you hear a lot in the church. It's maybe not something that a a non-Christian or an unchurched person would even really understand, or they might have their own interpretation of it. So as always, we kind of like to start by defining what we're talking about. So what do we mean by holiness? Well, the the idea of being holy, we read about all the time in the Old Testament, right? We read of holy things, Mm -hmm. you know, this temple furniture, these vessels were holy to the Lord. The priests were holy. Holy to the Lord, but holy has this idea of uh, separateness. Actually, I I believe the word actually has the idea of to cut Mm -hmm. and to separate. Uh, So when we talk about God's desire for us to be a holy people, that means we're cut away from the defilement, from the sin of the world, and we're separate in the way that we are. And of course, last week we talked about God. Yeah, We talked about the fact that God is holy. And the Bible says, uh, be holy as I am holy. So that is God's calling on our lives. Right. And just to be clear, I mean, so if God is ultimately holy and and we believe that he is, yeah. and that means to be separate from, I guess what he's separate from is sin. Yeah. You know, he is light. There's no darkness in him. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's how Hebrews defines it. You know, that we, about, about Jesus being our high priest, that he is separate from sin, yeah. that he's undefiled, that he's pure. So uh, I, I think that what we find in scripture that overall God's number one desire for us, his, his purpose in the church mm-hmm. is our conformity to the likeness of Jesus. It's to personal holiness. Yeah. And I think that really conflicts with a lot of viewpoints that we find in the world. Uh, for for several reasons. I mean, for one, people just want to do what they want to do. They, mm-hmm. they sort of resist that idea that something might be sinful or unholy. But then we've got a lot of these sort of world religions that suggest that you need a balance of these things, right? Light and darkness, good and evil. That yeah, yin somehow, yang. Right. And, and, but the fact is, we know that God at one time was the only being in existence. And so there was no sin and he existed in perfect light and holiness. Right. He does not need that counterbalance. And in fact, he won't tolerate it. Right, absolutely, and and uh, so if, if we make these type of compromises, you know, the thing that we hear a lot of times, and we talk about holiness, maybe we could substitute that with the idea of our of our character mm-hmm. or godliness, and and there's different nuances to all those words, but basically, it's speaking of uh, our inward and outward behavior, right? Yeah. So I, I don't want to limit holiness to outward action. Correct. Right. That, that's a part of it. That's where it's ultimately seen. But we're talking about holiness as inward first that eventually takes place outward. Uh, And so we're not just talking about behavior modification, correct? right? We're not just talking about don't do bad things. That's all that might ultimately be how it plays out, but we're talking about an inward holiness of thought of desire of goal. And that's a progression we see real clearly in the scripture, you know, where the law of Moses was very based on these external actions. And then Jesus came along and corrected that. And he said, no, it has to start with your heart and work its way outward from there. You know, not doing the bad thing isn't good enough. Your heart has to be. And and I think what really becomes one of the differences between new covenant and old covenant, you know, and and Jeremiah talks about this, that, uh, you know, I'm going to put my word in your hearts and, you know, you'll now you're, you're gonna. Each one's gonna know the Lord. So it's yeah. not like we're, it's something we're born into. It's something we're born again into, and and I think that 
maybe the difference becomes is that not only do we have a call to be holy, like we see in the Old Testament, yeah. but God's given us the tools that we need to seek and to become more holy, where that was only true in a limited sense, I think, in the in the Old Testament law, that, that the Old Testament law could not make somebody holy in itself. No, and, and we see kind of the, the walking examples of, of that were the Pharisees, right? And he called them whitewashed tombs. They were outwardly very clean and they looked good, but they were filled with dead men's bones. Right. And so in the church now, and he even talks about how John the Baptist was the greatest man ever born of a woman, and yet the smallest in the kingdom would be greater than him. Absolutely. And, and it's because of this this indwelling Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and we're given. gonna well, let's get to that. But you know, we kind of you touched on it, and I think I veered you off course. But we were kind of talking about the idea of um, how how so many people want this balance yeah. between uh, you know not being odd. And I think the idea that we think of as holiness is is odd mm-hmm. as, uh, and we don't want to be. We want to fit into the world. We don't want to be. You know, the phrase we'll hear is you know be. In the uh, be uh, in the world, but not of the world. Right. That we can't help the fact that we live in the world. Yes. Or uh, be insulated, not isolated. Yeah. And and but I think what we've done is we've made this excuse or this justification for small moral compromises with the world. Yeah. Well, and and it's I think a matter of we say be in the world, but not of the world. And then we go ahead and, and act of the world. Right. I want to be effective. I want to be around people. And so we might catch ourselves trying to blend in, right. trying to adopt practices because, uh, you know, we want we want to show the world that well, we're not just some crazy religious fanatics. We're not just uh, religious nuts. We can have fun and we can, and I've caught myself doing that sure. before where like, I'm like, I have a non-Christian friend and I want to show them I'm, I can be cool too. Yeah. I can joke too. And oftentimes that's involved crossing lines mm-hmm. and other things. Um, and I don't, I don't think we have to make those type compromises. No, as a matter of fact, I think we're really sort of shooting ourselves in the foot when we do that, because God's model has to be the correct one. He, he knows how things ought to work. And so his plan was for the church to stand out because of our holiness and to be a right. contrast to the world. That's what gets people's attention. So by trying to blend it in, with the rest of the world, what we're actually doing is we're robbing the church of that contrast. We absolutely are. And, and so when I think about this as Christians, you know, and, and maybe this is kind of better fit later on down, down the road in this mm-hmm. podcast, but you know, one, the Bible says they will know you are my disciples by your love. So love is an identifying mark. Yeah. But if there is another identifying mark, and I absolutely think there is, it's a distinct holy life. Yes. Uh, to say that loves are only identifying separate mark is not true because over and over again, you know, they think it's strange that you don't jump in with them in that same flood of dissipation. And, uh, you know, we're adding these character traits and these virtues. And, and so I think the New Testament as a whole lays out as Christians, we are different in our conduct. We stand out as different in our conduct. And when we're not, it's a problem. Yeah. And, and I think people don't realize that this is primarily what God wants from us, right? Is for us primarily. to be holy. He, it's not that he doesn't care if you and I are happy, but if being happy means being unholy, then happiness can go right out the window. And pe- right. people have this conception of, well, God really wants me to be happy. And they'll put that foremost and they'll say, I can yeah. pursue this thing that maybe the Bible speaks against or Christians tell me I shouldn't do because really God wants me to be happy. And, and they couldn't be more wrong about that. No, God wants us to be holy. Yeah. Now, now where we would... Where we would differ, where we would want to argue is that happiness, real happiness, real yeah. happiness does not come from unholiness. Right. In, in the long run. But 
we're cre- especially American Temporary people, happiness we're, we're creatures of immediate gratification. And we've sort of been trained, I can have what I want right now in the moment. It's very difficult for us to put our future well-being above our current comfort levels. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the type of happy, blessed that we read yes. about in the, in the Sermons on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sermon on the Mount, we read about that makarios, the yeah. re- achieving or reaching the happy state of the gods, far free from all trouble, trial, and difficulty. Uh, we don't. We do not find that type of happiness through pursuing sin. No, we don't. No, we find that type of happiness by being close to God and by by emulating that yeah. character that we find in Christ and, and growing closer to Him. So, when happiness and holiness, when they meet, holiness should win if there's a conflict. Correct, and and, and we should realize, just like we talked about last time, that's what's going to happen in God's mind on the last day, right? When 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 we stand in front of God. Holiness trumps his love yeah. for us. It's going to trump our happiness. Were we and and circumstances? You know, we talk about what's God's will for my life. It's God's will that you be sanctified. Sanctified is the same thing as holy. Uh, you know, so like when we read in the Bible, what the Bible says about God's will for our lives. Yeah, it's God's will that we be holy. I don't need to pray if it's God's will that I I sin or violate something you know, that God's commanded. Right. Uh, that. That's not something I have to contemplate or seek counsel on. Yeah. And and just to clarify, you know, Christians should be holy people. We're not we're not advocating for some sort of performance based salvation or no. anything of the sort. So our salvation is a gift. And and what we ought to see in in someone's life when we repent, when we are baptized into Christ, we when we become Christians, we should see an immediate radical shift in the course right. of, of that person's life. But they're not going to be all the way a hundred percent like Jesus from that moment forward. And no. so there's a there's a there's a hard turn and a radical shift and that's followed by this progressive But there is an escaping. There's an escaping the defilements of the world. Yeah. Well, because uh, at that point you're 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 armed, right? You're equipped right. to resist those. Things. So, you know, you use that fulcrum of conversion, that that hinge that we can talk about uh when you leave the baptistry, your struggles don't disappear. If you spent your whole life pursuing a sin, a specific sin, or yeah. multiple, that desire is not going away the next day just because you were baptized into Christ and just because the Holy Spirit took up residence. Right. That didn't go. But there are some things that that day yeah. should be gone. Right. For, for one thing, the power of sin to hold you captive anymore. Those, it, those chains are broken. But it's the desire that changes, yeah. right? It's not just the that the outer action changes. My whole set of desires starts to change. But you're right. This is not. Uh, it, this is a process yeah. in our own lives. So holiness, sanctification, is a process yeah. um, in our own lives that we grow in and increase in. I hope I'm not as holy sanctified now, yeah. technically. Uh, as I will be. Now, there's another sense, and we talk about holiness and sanctification, that that's credited to us. Yeah, so right? Right, we're, we're credited with Christ's righteousness, but I think it's a cool thing where, you know, we're justified when we're baptized, we're, we're credited with that righteousness. But through this process of becoming holy, we can come to more and more actually resemble that righteousness right. in, in reality. Right. In we're our bringing lives. our flesh into the same condition. Yes. As our spirit. Yeah. And that's something that it's not just something that's nice, you know, if we can manage, it's something that God does expect of us. And, yeah. and we should be, if we're walking with him, if we're, if we're in prayer, if we're in the word, if we're growing in our faith, this is something that will happen. And so I guess that being the case, when we look at our churches, I'm sure we wow. see, you know, the large percentage of people are probably really holy people, right? 
Oh, well, I, you know, I, I'm guessing that any age that this would have been a problem. We, yeah. we know it was a problem in the first century. It's a lot of the false teaching. Was promoting license, was promoting uh, promoting sensuality, yeah. uh, and things like. There's always been this holiness problem. So I, my conclusion, and, and I don't know if you agree with this. You can be wrong if you <laughs> want to. Uh, I believe every problem in the church is a holiness problem. We don't have commitment problems. We have holiness problems. We don't have giving problems. We have holiness problems. We don't have a leadership problem. We have holiness problems. Yeah. And so I think holiness. Uh, is the greatest problem in the church today, a lack of holiness. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a really profound thought. And so how do we, I mean, how did we get here? What what? So what do you think some of the issues are? What keeps our churches from progressing Man. in their holiness? What what are some of the things that are our stumbling Man, we, blocks? We love to, we, we love the world. Uh, yeah. and, and I catch myself, you know, with these conversations in my own mind, um, you know, justifications in my own mind, uh, wanting to wanting to have some of those things uh, in my own life, feeling like I might be missing out. My life wouldn't be full if I don't experience this whole uh, thing. And the world's done a very good job convincing us that they have something yeah. that we are missing. Yeah. First, I mean, that was the first thing that, that man ever fell for, right? right? You're missing out on that fruit. God doesn't want you to have it. Right. right? And so it's nothing new, and it, but it's still working it really, does. I, really well. I, and maybe I'm the only guy that has these internal battles, but I, I feel that. I feel that pull. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the question there is one of attention. And so there's no lack of things in the world that are, that are striving to get our attention. It's flashy. It's in your face. It's everywhere you go all around you. Do we spend a fraction of that amount of time looking at what God is offering us? No. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, and you, and you bring up like the, the, Dilemma now yeah. with it all in our face, technology, mm-hmm. TV, phones, and and that lends itself to unholy things being at a, a click away. Yeah, uh, whatever that might be. I scroll through Facebook, I watch TV, and see a commercial, and I'm flooded with yeah. unholy things. Uh, but I I don't think that that the church struggled less with it 300 years ago, 500 years ago, or whenever. Yeah, uh, I think it's always been an issue. Uh, there's always been this tension, yeah, uh, to strive for holiness, but yet the tug of the world. Yeah, I think that's right, and I, I I do think that, you know, we have easier access to a lot of things now. But the fact is, if we didn't have easy access, we'd be willing to go to the trouble, yeah. you know, to pursue that stuff as people always have done. And so, you know, maybe if we kind of, as I was kind of getting at, maybe if we spent more time. Mm-hmm. examining what God's offering, you know, dwelling on those yeah. things as a counter, as a counterweight to what we're being surrounded by, because we're going to be influenced one way or another. No, and we so are. If we're not intentional so, about looking at, at godly things. All right. So, so help me with this as we, uh, kind of break this down. When we see unholiness in general in the church, and I, I understand that we're diving into parsing out lives. That's why we're speaking in generalities, not in specifics. Uh, but if we say there's a holiness problem in the church among people that claim to be Christians, help me diagnose that. Why, why are, you know, we kind of hit one. What, what does that tell us when we see that? Well, I think you're right about it being a holiness problem. They're not putting Christ on the throne of their lives. But they, is there deeper? Is there something deeper than that? I just think they don't want to deny what they want to do. People yeah. want to do what they want to do. And, and it's a self-worship I, I guess thing. I was hinting at... Is that 
Could that be evidence of a lack of conversion? Man, I think sometimes. I think I think we have probably some different examples there of people who are strong for a while, just like those different kinds of soil, and then they drift out. And then you've got people who come and they go forward at invitation time and we immerse them and they say the right things, but we never see that radical shift in direction. No. And then of course we don't see a progressive holiness growing in their lives. Yeah, but we, there there was never they never broke stride. Right. Know? And 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 we can't examine that with another person right on the spot. Like we can have we can talk and have questions and talk about repentance and the demands of that. But in the end, I I can't weigh someone's motives. I, yeah. I have to take them at their word uh, in a in a moment like that. But a lot of times there there becomes very little change. So as far as salvation's concerned, there's far more to being saved than just being forgiven of our past sins. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be an intention to move forward in a new direction. And it's it's being set free. Yeah. We're free from Yeah, people don't get that, man. Like freedom has has totally been twisted by the world into this new, you know, freedom means doing whatever we want. We're free not to sin. Yeah. On We're free we, to do what's right. On Wednesday I've been uh teaching second Peter and uh, it talks about these false teachers in the church and then it, it talks about they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. Yeah. Right? And and they don't understand uh, what freedom is, and it talks about their pursuit of sensuality. Right. And they think that's ultimately what freedom is, is the freedom to do whatever. But right. Peter's saying, man, they're slaves, because I think then that's where that mantra came. Uh, you know, you're whatever it is that owns you, that controls you, or that overcomes you, you're a slave to. Yeah, that's exactly right. And anybody who's ever known a drug addict knows that for a fact. A drug addict by the world standards is as free as a bird, right? They're doing what they want when they want, but we know yeah, they're, they're a slave. slave. They're a slave to that. And they can't, they can't get free of that. And so, yeah, anybody that's a thinking person can see that, but it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult to see that in our own lives. You know, we like to say, I've got control of this. I can stop doing whatever. It doesn't have to be drugs. It can be anything that's got its hooks in us and that we don't want right. to let go of. And I think part of that too is we're no longer willing to, you know, I know we've talked about accountability before on, on the show, but like we're not willing to approach one another because we don't want to seem judgmental and we don't want to drive yeah. somebody out of the church, you know, and, and whatever else. And so, but we totally let these things slide. And there's no accountability. And, you know, I think about when Paul, you know, was talking to the church and he said, you should be teachers now. And I'm still having to teach you this elementary, like elementary stuff. They weren't growing as a church. They weren't growing in their faith and sometimes we allow people to sit here for 10, 20, 30 years in a pew. Right. And they're not growing in holiness. And nobody's even trying to ascertain why, because we don't want to hurt their feelings or seem like we're yeah, better that, than, you know. And, and and again, that's we should be helping people coming alongside to help people. That's not to beat someone. That's yeah. not even necessarily to, to make a wide-sweeping judgment of people. But we do have evidence of fruits. Yeah, right. Fruit tells us something about, about the condition. And, and so uh, when we see, you know, it's the fig tree, right? Yeah. The fig tree is in bloom and there was no substance to it, or it's the springs without water, the uh, mist blown by the storm. And, and there, has to be, there has to be some holy, uh, holiness. That's why Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Yeah. The old has gone and the new has come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I so... We've gone over maybe that it might be a conversion issue. We yeah. can go back to the source and find out, has this person ever really chosen to follow Christ? 
And then there's a, there's a question of us trying to resemble the world to be hip or to fit in where we shouldn't yeah. be trying to do that. And maybe even a lack of holding one another accountable or, or the, the desire to deny ourselves anything. Yeah, I think it's the idea that, that the idea of complete separateness that holiness calls us to. I wonder if we haven't uh, made that so in our minds so culturally strange that yeah. we don't want anything to do with it. So we've we've made compromises to mm. where, you know, I, I don't want to be weird and I don't want to be odd. I want to fit in. And instead, maybe holiness, genuine holiness, it, it, it might be strange. It, yeah. it might, we are peculiar people. Yeah. And so here's another thought um, in terms of why we continue on and sometimes we're not growing. Are we using the idea that this is a process as an excuse to take our sweet time about it yeah. and, and continue on in things we shouldn't continue in. So, so there's this one, we all struggle, right? And, and I wonder if that doesn't become a crutch for us. Yeah. You know, and it becomes almost very vogue for us to be like, man, I struggle, I'm broken. And we start talking about our weakness and our brokenness as right. Christians, as redeemed people, which is absolutely true. We're not there yet. We haven't arrived. Romans 7, Paul says, the things I do, I don't want to do, yeah. you know. You know, so we have this internal battle, but I wonder if we don't use that as a crutch to stay there. I think so. I think so a lot of times. And and you'll see this, you know, I've been involved in some of these recovery groups and things, and you'll have people who come in week after week and you can tell they're progressing, you know, they're, they're drawing closer to Christ. They're, they're making progress in their lives. And then you've got folks who come in week after week, year after year, and I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with right. this, but there's no progress. And so are you struggling or are you just giving in to this? Well, not things? everybody's going to grow at the same rate, right? That's fair. You, you know, and, and that might not necessarily be, you know, so we you know, brought up the idea, is it conversion? It could be, uh, you know, justification and sanctification are two different things. Yeah. Uh, and we make a mistake by not, se- uh, by not separating them. So... We might have this slow progression or that people aren't growing as fast as we think they should. Uh, that's true. On the other hand, it's, it's not ideal. Yeah. We should be on upward trajectory. Right. And, and also, isn't there, I mean, we could kind of parse out just a little bit, not completely, but how difficult some of these things are. And so if we're talking about, you know, some inner motivation of the heart, an anger problem maybe, or something mm-hmm. like that, that takes a lot of time. And sometimes maybe that is something yeah. you're going to battle with forever. If we're talking about going out and getting hammered drunk every weekend, that's something that ought to go pretty quickly in, in our well, Christian. And that's you know, why like, I said there should be day one changes. Right. There's some things that you ought not behave as they do in the in the night, there, and, that you ought to put away right, those yeah. Those things. And, well, and, and so what I'm driving at is, yes, we can make allowances that we grow at different rates. Yes, we can say we can't really judge someone's motivations external. But that's one of those things that we can say, hey, Bob, like, you know, we baptized you into Christ six months ago. You're still hitting the bars. It's got to go. Like, that's not what, yeah, that's it, not how you ought to be. Behaving. Correct. And then, and you know, then an explanation of how that is not consistent with personal right. holiness. Yeah. And we can give we can give support there. It doesn't have to be this disciplinary thing, no. but, but we can love that person and pray with well, that's them. That's the and, mistake. And, and we've hit on this so many times, Matt, is that we think that correction is antithetical to love. Right. And and even as I'm sitting here, I'm wanting to like almost defend the idea that I'm not trying to be judgmental because I can feel people reacting that way right. as as they listen, you know, like but this is this is for me too. If we can cultivate this sort of culture in our in our churches where people are holding each other to account and we are expected to progress mm-hmm. in holiness, then that means when 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 I'm out of line, someone's going to come alongside me, and I need that. Yeah. I, I need people to do that uh, yeah. from for me as well. And 
it's this important. You know, Paul said, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Yeah. Right? It's that, it, it's that important. Now, what degree of holiness? That, that might be another question. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of to move a, a step forward, how do we get there? So how, how do I become more holy? Well, I mean, we definitely are equipped for that. When, when we're right. converted and when we're baptized into Christ, we receive that indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think, you know, you touched on it earlier. I think that's what allows us to be sanctified in a way that, that people weren't right. able to be, you know, and before the, before the resurrection. Right. I believe that's why the name uh, we use for the Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit, because yeah. his role is to help us to become holy. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit's the Holy Spirit because his primary role, primary role is to help us to be holy. Yeah. And he 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 moves us, helps us to grow closer with Christ, right? right? And so But how? You know, is that what type of we see people that we would say have the Holy Spirit for, and ha- have for 50 years but they're no closer uh, than they were when they started. Well, because he's not gonna. I mean, he's not a puppet master, right? He's gonna. I'm gonna make you do these things. He's not gonna clean up your life without your participation in that. He okay. certainly. Uh, you know, we know that he strengthens us in our inner man. There's some things that Paul prays for the Spirit to do in Ephesians that we can look at. Uh, that he would strengthen our faith in Christ so that we won't fall away. You know, that we'd be strengthened. That we would grow to understand the the indescribable love of God. There are different things that that the spirit does in us. Yeah. And I think this is largely a subject where we have fallen short. I, I can sit here and give you a list of 20 things the Holy spirit doesn't do that. Some of these denominational churches have mistaken, but, but sometimes our people don't know what he is doing in their lives. Correct. So when we talk about what the Holy spirit's doing to make us holy, we cannot discount that we have an effort in this. Sure. It's cooperation. Right, it's 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 mutual. So Peter would say, make every effort to add to your faith yeah. these things. Uh, the fruit of the spirit, you know, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. But while that's the fruit of the spirit, yeah. on the other hand, each every one of those things is individually commanded. Yes, right. Be yeah. loving. Be kind. So yes, it's fruit and evidence of being spiritual. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, things that we pursue. Yeah, and and obviously we understand that we're not going to suddenly have those fruits in in their entire completed form, right? You're not going to have perfect patience with people, perfect gentleness all the time. Tell me about it. But, yeah, right. But we should possess those things in increasing measure. Well, that, yeah, we should be growing. In those that's exactly always. what Second Peter one says, yeah. right? If you know these things are yours in increasing measure, they keep you from being unproductive in your knowledge of God. Yeah. And so I think one thing we can do for sure to be holy is, is to start first with that being apart from. There are certain things Christians ought to separate ourselves from. Yeah. And, and sometimes we want to rationalize how close we can get to that line. We can say, well, it's technically not a sin to do this or that. But we're also told to stay away from any appearance of evil. You know, if it even looks wrong, stay away from it. If there's a question in your mind, stay away from it. Like we ought to stand apart. Because that's what's going to attract and, that attention. And the conversation has to start with the Word of God. Yeah. Right? It's where we, the Word of God reveals the will of God. Right. Uh, and I, I believe, my understanding of how the Holy Spirit works through this whole thing uh, is that the Holy Spirit works through conviction. Yeah. Through the study and teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Right. You know, and, and I, you know, I was thinking about this this morning, how, you know, preaching such an odd thing. 
you know, because Sunday I, you know, I prepare a sermon, I get up to preach, people listen, mm-hmm. but I, I worry it becomes an event. Yeah, it becomes a show rather than a moment, uh, rather than an encounter. Uh, you know, and and that's an opportunity, a time where you know we're we're listening to the word through someone preaching it, rightly dividing it, uh, where we should be able to be submissive, where yeah. we should be willing to receive correction, instruction, rebuke. And, and when that's coming from the rightly divided word, I think that we ought to, we ought to heed that. Yeah, and, and, and make that effort to apply that. And I think the Spirit helps us to do that in yeah. a way that we would not be able to just on our own steam. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the word has to be central to it. It's that authority. That's what tells us what what we ought to avoid, right? That's what tells right. us what we ought to draw closer to and what qualities we should adopt. And I think too many people want to go on their feeling, you know, well, this feels right. Well, this feels wrong. Well, that's not anything that we can rely yeah. on. It has to be God's word. Um, yeah, so- I've, heard it, I've heard it described like the law of association. You know, we become like that, which we look at lovingly and longingly. We, we become like that which we're around. And uh, when we have that type of loving, longing fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we become like God. Yeah. And it's, and it's weird how, you know, I know we, we've struggled to even approach other people about their, their lostness, right? We, we talk about how do we share the gospel with people? How do we create those opportunities? And sometimes just our non-participation in a thing will draw the kind of questions that open a yeah. door like that. And, and it's funny how, just doing the right thing sometimes convicts people's hearts. You know, if someone offers you, you know, that drink of alcohol and you say, I don't want that, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm not, I don't, I'd prefer not to. And, and sometimes people get a little upset and they're like, what do you mean? You don't, you know, what, what do you mean? You don't want this? What is there something wrong with me for doing that? You know, you don't see that same reaction over a glass of milk, right? I've never heard somebody offer me milk and get upset when I wouldn't take it. But but sometimes with something like alcohol, you do get that reaction. Yeah. And, and I think it's because just by standing apart, I'm not, I'm not trying to draw a distinction whether it's wrong to have a drink of alcohol. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when we stand apart on account of our faith, it draws people's Correct. attention. And, and, and the immediate reaction is maligning. Yes. The long-term reaction, I believe, is intrigue, and eventually, possibly conversion, right? That they might praise God on the day sure. He visits us. So, I like I said, they, they're going to realize their knee-jerk reaction of reviling and maligning. Yeah, uh, is not. But when push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, and the world's looking for answers to their deeper longings and questions, mm-hmm. they're not going to go to people that are exactly like they are doing the same things they're doing. They're going to go to somebody whose life is different. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to come for that for that advice, for that example, and and you are going to attract that attention, and the church is going to attract that attention. Now, you you mentioned maligning; it can be difficult, and I think part of why we maybe try to look like the world is because we don't want to be a lightning rod, right? There's there's yeah. lots of folks that are willing to point out that that attempt at holiness as being judgmental or hateful or you know coming down on someone else because it it does convict other people. So how do we? How do we present ourselves as holy to people without Being sounding like, like the teacher's pet or without sounding like Sanders. you're right <laughs> With, without that and without sounding like we're looking down our noses yeah. at people I, and one is, ones we're not looking down you know and 
to be fair, I, I know there are people out there who are, right? They, they, they'll use that as sure. a cudgel, right? And, and, to, and, and I don't think there's any escaping that no matter what we do, we're going to be accused of that. Right. We're going to be called holier than thou or uh -huh. Bible thumpers or whatever. We're going to be called those things, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, we're going to look monastic or, or whatever right. else that might be. Uh, I, I think we're, I think we're going to get some of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know if there's any escaping that. Uh, now, I, I think you're right. We don't want to be, uh, judgmental, you know, we're not trying to, you know, beat people down. We're not trying to, we're not being unloving and unkind and, right. or anything like that. Uh, but, but I think there's no escape that that holy living is going to be persecuted. Yeah. It's going to be opposed. It is, but we, but we want it to be effective in bringing people in. And so I think the, the deciding factor in that is how we go about it, right? We, we need to be holy. We also need to love people. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the other thing that got everyone's attention can, in the ancient can world, you be look how they love Can you another. be holy without loving? I, I don't think real holiness can be done without loving. You know, you've, you can have some sort a of facade. an outward show, sort of like this, uh, like stoicism yeah, type. And, and that's why I think holiness ascetic. involves that. You know, that, that would be, uh, man, one of the first components of what it looks like to be holy is that we're loving people. Yeah. And I, I think the, I think part of it is we have to balance that positive action with the thing, you know, it's not yeah. just abstaining from things, Man, it's I think actively that's being godly people to those yeah. around us. Well, James, James one, you know what? Pure religion is caring for the widows and the orphans and their distress, but it's also yeah. keeping oneself from being polluted from the world. Right. I think the tendency we have is to be drawn to either the negative or the positive. Mm -hmm. Usually Personality-wise, I'm just talking about how we are made, how we're wired. We're going to draw ourselves to the do's or the do not. Right. The thou shalt's or the thou shalt not's. And we can't, we might have to be more intentional with whatever the other one is. Yeah. So like, it's easy for me to give me a list of things I don't, I should not do. And it's easy for me to preach thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And, and make the mistake of thinking, well, if you get enough of those, then you're holy. Yeah. But what about the positive virtues? Right. And you need both those things because even attracting someone's attention, you know, what you're not doing might get someone's initial attention, but it's what you are doing that's going to keep yeah. their attention. You know, that's, that's, this is what gets people thinking that Christianity is just this list of stuff you're not allowed to do, right? Yeah. You know, they know us more for what we're against than what we're right. for. And, and, and they don't want to give, they perceive they're giving everything up and getting By nothing back. By the way, back. that statement is, it's probably true. We're known a lot of times for what we're against. But doggone it, we are against some things. We are, we are, but uh, but we also should be for. You know, we we are for. Yeah, we're for, we're not just against abortion. We're for life. Yeah, exactly right. And and we see that it it leads us right back to the word. You know, if if anyone's seen Jesus, they've seen the Father. He's described him perfectly yeah. in his character. And so, God is perfectly holy, but he's not over there in a vacuum doing nothing. You know, it's not all about what he's not doing. He's hard at work doing all kinds of stuff. And and we ought to emulate what Christ was doing in the world, which was loving people, bringing them into alignment with, with him and with what God would want yeah. for us. And we can't do that just by standing over here, not participating. That's not enough. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we talk about holiness should be our utmost de desire. Yeah. It should be our pursuit. Uh, I, I love that word pursuit because it gives the idea that we might be in a different uh, position in our pursuit, right? but we have the same uh, target. We have the same goal. And that's my prayer a lot of times is, you know, God, I want to be a godly man. Right. Uh, you know, and I want to be a godlier man than I am. 
I, I want to be increasingly holy. Um, and, and so I think that, I think that should be what we're stri- all striving for. Yeah. I think about sometimes, you know, those occasions in your life when you, it's some sort of momentous event and you're going to meet someone important, you know, you're going to be for a moment, the center of attention or, you know, you're preparing for this. And so you get cleaned up and you put on your best clothes because you don't want to go out there looking like a slob. And someday we're going to stand in front of God. You yeah. know, I, I, I want my clothes to be clean, you know, and I, I realize that's accomplished through the blood of Christ, but we, we want to be sanctified. We want to be yeah. as much like him as we can be. Um, not because that's what saves us, but because we love him and because that's what he wants from us. And we want to give him what he wants, yep, which absolutely. is a holy people. Absolutely. And and that doesn't that hasn't diminished with the entrance of a new covenant. No. You know, and, and I think that maybe maybe what we've done with the idea of grace and mercy being so so prominent in, in our language, and it should be prominent. It is central to the Christian message, to the yeah. gospel. Um, but what I've what, what might have happened is that we've removed all type of personal call for, hey, repentance, holiness, godliness, yeah. uh, uh, abandoning sin. And, and we've removed that. And thought, well, that's not as important, not as necessary now as it was then when nothing could be further from the truth. In right. fact, God has given us the tools to make it easier, better for us to actually be personally, actually holy. Yeah. And if when we try to make it all external. We're going back yeah. to that old ministry of death, right? We're putting ourselves back under the Amen. law. And 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 that outside-in holiness, it, it never did anything but show them how it wasn't possible to do it. You know, a couple yeah. thousand years convincing them that they needed a savior because that wasn't going to cut it. We can't live up to that. Yeah. And, we, where, we, and where we fall short. Yeah. Which we do. Where we're not perfectly holy. That's where the credited righteousness Yes comes into play and and there's not going to be anyone in heaven that's not as righteous as God is. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that that he covers the gap. Right. But I want to strive for holiness here and now because it's what God designed us for. Right. Right? It's what God designed us for. And what and uh I have to believe by faith that God's standard and call to holiness is not just for his good, it's for my good. Yeah. And 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 that holiness that's what's going to make the church stand out, you know. And as the world, you know, we perceive, as I'm sure every generation does, but we perceive that the world's getting darker around us, and that means a little light shines a lot brighter. And that light from the church comes from our being set apart. It comes from our being different and and being a sharp contrast to what's around us. And and holiness is what's going to do that. And so, I really think this is super important for us to be in pursuit of as Christians as the church, that we would be encouraging each other in that, that we'd be growing in our personal walk like that. We can't just float onward and think that with enough time we'll yeah. become holier. That's not how that works. Yeah, you're right. You're That's right on. And and I think, you know, kind of to start wrapping this up, because yeah. I think it's an important time. I don't think it's something we talk about enough. And a lot of the old hymns focused on the holiness of God yeah. and the holiness of man. And, and I, that passage in Isaiah comes to my mind, you know, you know, you know, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory. And of course the cherubim and seraphim, and he heard the holy, 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 right? The thrice holy. But then he had this conviction, right? I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the one and only. I wonder if sometimes we don't 
we don't catch our sense, our, our burden, our need for holiness because we haven't encountered God. Because we're not encountering him on a regular basis. Yeah. Isaiah's encountering of God showed him his holiness uh, and then a deep burden and conviction for his need for atonement yeah. and for personal holiness. Oh, that's really good. I don't think I can top that. So well, why, why don't we leave that right there? I, yeah, man, I, I want to be a holy man. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Whatever it's, that entails. And whatever that, whatever, here, here's the bottom, whatever that makes us, right? Whatever the world would label us because of that. if I'm if I'm maligned and mistreated because I'm dumb or because I'm a, a jerk, then I bring that on myself. Yeah. But if I'm maligned because I'm holy, so be it. Uh-huh. You know, and, and it will be. And there'll be Christian people that won't like holy stances. Yeah. Well it's convicting. It's convicting. So Amen. Yeah, let's encourage one another in that and be in prayer for the church that we would be a holy people yeah. for God. And so I think, yeah, we're gonna kinda wrap things up there for this week. I appreciate everybody Amen. who's listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can find us on our church website at lakemountchurchofchrist.org. Lots of sermons and other things on there, so please check Man, that out. And please comment and, and let us know what you think. Now that you know, we'd love to have uh, your thoughts, perspectives, opinions. Yeah. Uh, on on that, uh, we can't cover all the bases, and we, we're learning. We'd love to learn from you as well. Absolutely. And so you can find it, uh, aside from our website, we're on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Audible, iTunes, all that stuff. So yeah, please subscribe, please comment, and we will catch all of you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.